Welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast, and I'm so glad that you joined me in listening to the Word of God and meditating on it and finding new ways on putting it into practice. This week I had the wonderful joy and opportunity to go back to one of the parishes where I ministered to as an associate pastor. They were celebrating their 50th anniversary and they invited all the pastors and associates. Um, They were still around. And um, so this past Sunday I was able to go back there and uh, it was a wonderful experience to see all those many wonderful Uh, faces and remembering all the good times that we had in building up the kingdom of God in that particular parish. So uh, let's open our hearts and minds and uh, let's pray for all the parishes and all the people who minister in these parishes all around the world and realizing that that's how we can make the greatest difference in the world, focusing on our parishes and from there we can impact the world. We bow our heads and pray. Let us pray. May your grace, O Lord, we pray at all times, go before us and follow after, and make us always determined to carry out good works. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice, And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. As I said, it's, it's a great pleasure to be here and celebrate. And uh, it's amazing, the more I'm looking around, the more memories are flooding my mind. And uh, even actually driving through the street, you know, I remember when I kept doing it, you know, every Sunday, every other Sunday, whatever it was. And, uh, and it's a beautiful feeling, beautiful awareness to be part of this celebration because it makes me aware our faith is bigger than one parish or one thing, that we are part of a history that tells a story of grace 
toward people who pass by. And it must be probably the same for you who have been able to see all the previous priests and pastors celebrating here. And you too probably, hopefully, feel that we are part of a larger family, a family that goes beyond time, beyond geography. I know Ocean City is not that big, but the church is quite larger than uh, our diocese. And uh, hopefully we have this awareness that we are all on a path, on a journey, a journey of faith. And this topic of faith and the journey that our faith will take us is what we have been talking in the gospel these past Sundays. Faith has become the major topic. And faith means to trust. In our case, it means that we trust that God means what he says. And he has the power and the ability to accomplish what he says. That's good news, don't you think? Don't you think? Okay, good. Just checking if you're there. Okay. It's trusting. I mean... We know that whatever he says, he means it, and he will never change his mind. Why? As we heard in the second reading, he is faithful, and he cannot deny himself. So when he says to us, you are my beloved child, he means that we are his beloved children. That's good news. He will never change his mind. We change our mind, right? We tend to love each other conditionally. Hopefully we are learning from God and we're extending and stretching out what does it mean to love unconditionally. But he is committed to be our father. And he shows his love in so many ways. Even by every once in a while changing pastor or associate pastor. It's a sign of God's love for all of us. Why? Because we're able to grow. We're able to see things from different perspectives. And that allows us to grow. We never grow when we remain the same. But now we are understanding that this faith... So whenever last week, for example, we heard the disciples saying to Jesus, increase our faith. Faith is not measurable. God has given to all of us the gift of faith. And we have all received it in the same amount, to the fullest. That's another good news, don't you think? So we cannot say, well, my faith is not as big as, you know. So, for example, my faith would be three. Mother Teresa Calcutta would be eight, you know. And said, oh, if I only had her faith, I would be doing much better. No, we all got the same amount. Pretty good news. So what does need, why do we have to increase our faith? Faith in this particular case means the way we respond to God. Okay? Now, the word is used in many ways. That's why I'm clearing the, the path. So we are referring, we are looking at the way in which we respond to God. That's what has to increase. And last week we heard St. Paul saying that the ways in which this gift that God has given us, the ability to respond to him, needs to be stirred up. Okay, uh, it's like imagine you have fire um, in a fireplace. You have the fire going. What would happen? Well, you need to put wood on it. You have to take the excess ashes. And, and I know some of you are saying, well, you have the gas fireplace. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? You still have to feed the fire in order for it to go. And that's the responsibility that we all have for ourselves. 
I cannot do that for you, you cannot do that for me, but we can certainly help each other to maintain the fire going. But now we take another step as a church, and we are seeing that this faith has the power to save us. What does it mean? It means that even though salvation has been granted by God, there is nothing we can do that will substitute that. Only Jesus can save us. The way we respond allows us to experience salvation. That is, the acting of God in our lives, the sanctification. We need to respond. And how do we respond? Well, the life of faith is a journey. Jesus, in this particular gospel passage, is going to Jerusalem. We heard that Jesus resolutely looked at Jerusalem and saying, that's where I'm going. Now, it's interesting. Jerusalem is the holy city, right? It's the place where people can get in touch with God in a very powerful and yet intimate way. The temple is there. But Jerusalem is also the city that killed the prophets. The place where hypocrisy is visible and corruption is felt everywhere. And yet Jesus does not avoid Jerusalem. And not only that, well, I, I know, we saw the movie, right? We know what happens when Jesus goes to Jerusalem. But now we also see that Jesus sends those 10 men to Jerusalem to be certified that they were healed and they were able, therefore, to join their families. Our Jerusalem, the church, looks the same as well to me sometimes. And I struggle, and I've been struggling since my first day of ordination, even before, as a matter of fact. The church, since the very beginning, identified herself as holy and sinful. And my goodness, we're looking at how sinful we can be, right, as, as a church. We, we really, it, it's really coming up. And it's, in a way, a good thing, because we should never become comfortable with sin. But the church is also holy, and there is a lot of us struggling and say, maybe I can have a relationship with God without the church, without going to that Jerusalem, without going to where Jesus wants us to go. And you know, I struggle with the very same thing, and I checked it out. And you know, we cannot be Christians without the church, because the church is the body of Christ, and we as the body of Christ cannot exist outside of it. And therefore, we too look at Jerusalem as both holy because it handles the things of God. It is the body of Christ and sinful because it's always in need of a renewal. Now, Jesus encounters this, this, he enters a village. And look at this. Even though Jesus is committed to go to Jerusalem to accomplish his role, he takes a bizarre detour. Like, dude, what type of GPS are you using? Who set that one up? Because in order to get, he's here, okay? He has to go here, but in order to go here, it goes up and then down in order to go. Like, a map, you know, go to 7-Eleven, you know, they're available. No, he, why? Because he knows that somebody needs to be 
renewed. And therefore he does. He enters in through Samaria, and remember, Samaritans were ugh, yucky people. The Jews and the Samaritans did not like each other at all for centuries. And guess what? They were both Jewish. Okay, they are part of the same family, but they excommunicated each other many years prior. And therefore, by nature, the Samaritans were the, 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 the terrible people, the people who are born terrible. Okay, it, it's, it's amazing. And yet what happens? Jesus is about to enter into a village, and there are these men crying out. Of course, they cannot be in the village. They must be outside the village because they are lepers. And leprosy is a title at this point. It's a label that covers every type of skin disease. It could be a rash or it could be really leprosy. They, if they saw something on the skin, you were out. Why? Because they knew that it was infectious and they had to keep the village safe. But guess what? Once they are there, these guys no longer have communication with their families. They were completely disconnected. They were dead for them. But interesting, it's so interesting to me that even though these people are there, they are both Jewish and Samaritan alike. And they formed one major support group. It's beautiful that we human beings are capable of passing through the labels of where we are from, what color is our skin, what language do we speak, what party do we belong to, and able to become one in time of need. You know, I've seen this, not necessarily on September 11, but on September 12. I was in Washington, D.C. I was doing my seminary studies there. And guess what? On September 12, we were, I've seen, the United States of America. People together, regardless of whether people were Republican, and now D.C. is, whoa, okay, it's political to a degree that is bizarre. Republican, Democrats, black, black, white, whatever, we, whatever language, we were one group of people trying to figure out what is happening to us. That was precious. Like these lepers, they found a way of passing through the labels and finding out, hey, we are all in the same boat. We better row in the same time. And as I keep telling people, no matter where you are, we ought to remember the left wing and the right wing belongs to the same bird. Amen? And that's these lepers. And look at this. People who are sick teach us how to live life. Now they approach Jesus and they say, have mercy on us. The theme of mercy also uh, was part of our journey a couple of weeks ago. And we learned that mercy is treating the other better than what that person deserves. That's why we begin Mass with saying, Lord, have mercy. Say, treat us not only with justice, but more than justice. Treat us better than what we deserve. And that's what they are crying out. People in the village ignore them, but Jesus is there and has sought them, heard them. Treat us better than what we deserve. Why? Because when we are treated better than we deserve, we are able to grow and we are able to heal. And Jesus tells them, go and show yourself to the priest. In the temple, there were some people in charge of health checks. 
So don't show your rashes to the priest. We are not doing that anymore, okay? <laughs> but in order, because in order for you to go back to the village, to go back to your home, to your family, you have to have a certificate that the priest will say, you're healed, it's safe for you to go back. Now, I'm sure they were puzzled because they were saying, uh, dude, okay, we are going, but shouldn't you heal us first? Because they were not going to let us into Jerusalem, right? We cannot go into our village. Imagine Jerusalem. And yet they do because they trust what Jesus said. And you know what's happening, my friend? It is exactly here that we see what Christianity is all about, what we are doing here is all about. We think that Christianity means I get it and then I live it. We understand what Christianity is about by being Christians. We can study all we want about the proof existence of God, but God will never become real to us until we call him Father and discover ourselves to be children. It is as we go that we become healed. And that man realized as he was going, he became aware that he was healed. And what does he do? He turns around and says, let me go say thank you to that dude. We too are healed constantly as we continue to journey every single day. And by faith we say, I'm going to take another step because Jesus said so. We ought to become aware of all the healings, of all the graces that we receive and thank him. Interestingly enough, as you probably well know, the word to give thanks in Greek is the word that gives us the English word, the Eucharist. That's, why, that's what we do here. We give thanks for all that God has given us. We give thanks. That's why people say, well, I don't go to church because I don't get anything out of it. Well, good for you. We don't get anything out of church. We should not get anything out of church. We're going to get someone out of church, Christ. But that happens only when I am on a journey, when I'm willing to take another step. Hopefully, as we continue to pray and we live out this week, we are thankful for our history that we share as members of this parish. We are thankful that God has continued to provide for our growth and to build up a home, relationships of family, because we dare to call God our Father. But hopefully we continue to take another step, continue to take steps in our journey so we may continue to discover what it means to be a child of God. And the only way we can do that is by continuing to go. And we will realize in that while they were going, we realize the healing power of faith. The healing power that comes from saying, Lord, yes, it does not make any sense, but yes, I'm going to do it because you said so. Because your words are spirit and life. Because your words are able to create a whole new reality for me. And that is the beginning of the good news. That's the beginning of the joy that Jesus wants us to have. Because only in that way, we will be able to be ourselves. And only when we claim who we really are, we figure out that God's love truly changes our lives. And I hope that you too felt inspired to understand that we can experience the healing power of faith on the way to 
our Jerusalem. It is by living our Christian life that we become more and more Christian and that we will be able to understand what this life is all about. So I'm encouraging you to take a step in faith and ask God what you want, what does he want you to do and how you can grow in ways in which you can respond to God's love for you. I wish you well. I pray for you and all the listeners. I hope that you pray for me as well, even for all the priests. And I'm looking forward to share the gospel with you next Sunday. God bless you.